Bears blog boys, you know it all, computer analytic geeky nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Cavanaugh, the Bear blog boys, know it alls. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you. Boy, what? We off the green, green, green. This for my kids. Coming to you live from our mama's basement, this is the Bears Rock Boys Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tom Cavanaugh. Here's my good buddy and other co-host, Michael Snyder. Snyder, how you doing today, buddy? Good, man. Chilling, ready for some Bears football to resume. Um, kind of sad not seeing them there last week. I had to compensate you know, with my fantasy matchups, had to throw some parlays down, and none of it went well. So hopefully um, this Bears game, um, don't expect it to be pretty, but... Hope to see some excitement and some flashes from the young core. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's like really all you can look forward to at this point of the season. Uh, the Bears obviously didn't have any playoff playoff expectations heading into the year, but they're officially out now, uh, and you're just hoping to see steps from the young guys. And what a test this will be against the best team in the NFL by record wise, and arguably, I mean, you it's. You, you could argue that they are just the best team in general, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I, I the Bears have been severe underdogs in their day, but like just from a roster to roster standpoint, it's hard for me to remember such a big, a, a big ta- talent gap between two teams. I mean, Snyder, can you think of one uh, offhand that's bigger than than this one? No, and this is huge. This Philadelphia Eagles team is one of the most complete teams I've ever seen. And their record, although 12-1, and one, it's not a fluky 12-1 at all. They lead the league in points for with 386. That is higher than the Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys. And they're really low against the, for the points against. They um, rank 7th, which, again, that show that they are beating teams by a lot and they're not giving up a lot of points. Um, you know, another team that's kind of fluky that has a record, kind of like the Vikings, you know, no one like thinks they're a real threat, but they have a good record. But when you look at it a little bit more advanced, the Eagles are making their way around the league. And again, this is not going to be a pretty matchup at all for the Bears. I don't really see any weakness on this Eagles roster. Even when a guy goes down, they have a guy ready to step up. Yeah, uh, the one weakness, I guess, that they – it's been better since they've signed guys like Linval Joseph and the Donovan Sue, but the one weakness, I guess, that they have on defense is that their run defense hasn't been great. Uh, they rank – I'm pretty sure they rank 24th in EPA uh, in, in run, in EPA per rush allowed. Um, so they, they haven't been great there. At, but the one thing I hesitate with the Bears in the run game is if it's going to look the same as it has week priors – kind of knowing that this season there really much isn't left to prove this season in terms of what Justin Fields and this run game can do. I'm, I want to see if the bears are going to kind of transition and, and lean on Justin Fields more from a passing perspective. It's kind of what they did against green Bay. Honestly, they were hesitate hesitant to run him. And um, that's why I don't think that that run defense weakness for the Eagles really gives me any hope that the bears are going to, take advantage of it and dominate on the ground. What do you think about that, Snyder? Yeah, I I don't know. Is Herbert coming back? I know Eberflus kind of hinted at that. I don't know if he'll be back this week. But I don't know, man. I do expect the Bears actually to run heavy. 
just because of the talent gap, I think they're going to try to control the clock and keep it as close as possible. It's kind of like their mindset of their defense, that bend but don't break. And I think it's going to be frustrating. You're going to see a conservative game plan. You're going to see uh, second and long runs and maybe even some third and long runs. I just don't. I just don't expect like an aggressive pass-heavy attack. I'm not saying I expect a pass-heavy attack either, an aggressive one. I just don't expect them to do a lot of quarterback design runs either. Like I don't think the run game is going to look the same as it did when Justin Fields and this offense was really humming. I expect it kind of to look similar to what they were trying to do against Green Bay, which is disappointing. Um, I mean, I guess from a glass-half-full perspective – uh, if they run the ball like that, I mean, it, it comes closer to the Bears picking higher in the draft if you if you catch my drift. But, um, yeah, I just don't expect them to really run, continue to run Justin Fields down the stretch here because, again, there's really no point of doing so. But that makes you concerned, though, Tom, because this Eagles defensive line is one of the deepest units I've ever seen. I'm looking at the advanced stats. I think they're the only team in the NFL that has five different players above 25 pressures. And when you look at Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, um, even Hassan Reddick, they're actually amongst the highest. They're all over 40 pressures. And then you got, um, or I think Javon Hargrave is up there as well. But then um, you know, the lower tier guys you have, my bad. Oh, like Fletcher Cox still has above 25. Like they are a very, very deep unit. And me and you know the truth about the Bears' offensive line as far as pass protection. How the hell are they going to hold up without running Justin Fields a bunch? Man, I think it's got to be a game plan that's really a heavy dose of play action, moving pockets, stuff that they've been doing, uh, trying to get out of this one alive and not get Justin Fields killed. I don't expect them to drop back a ton, like true drop back passing sets, but I also don't – think that they're going to try to run their head into a brick wall if the quarterback run game isn't on the table. So I think it's going to be a lot of play action, maybe somewhat similar game plans that we saw in earlier weeks. Hopefully the offense has taken some steps in terms of like knowing the offense to where they'll be better at running that. But again, it, this game is so tough because obviously it'd be cool to see the bears kind of hang in this one uh, and keep it close. But at the same time, it would also be nice if they lost out for the remaining of the season, given where they could pick in the draft. So, like, I'm really torn on, like, obviously I always want them to win whenever I'm watching, but I do understand the implications of, like, what this game could mean for their future long-term and probably the best-case scenarios if they lose it. Am I, am I wrong by saying that, Snyder? No. and I, I do hear both sides. When someone, wanna, someone wants to say, like, you know, if Fields can put together a game-winning drive or, you know, if the Bears come out and just – Shock the NFL, like what it would mean to the culture of the team, what it would mean to everyone in Hallis Hall, the coaches. It would almost feel like the Bears won the Super Bowl by beating this Eagles team or even next week with the Bills. But, you know, you look at the draft. You know, the Eagles are a prime example. They, they were one of the few teams that just blatantly tanked on national television. But look what it did for them, man. They were able to trade back into the draft. And how I was saying, like, how complete their team is. It's because of that move. And, you know, the Bears did kind of overpay for Chase Claypool. Like, it, it's fair to say that. Am I upset about it? No. But if the Bears lock in that number two pick, it allows them to regain that draft 
capital back. And there is a ton of things that you could do for it. I mean, you could trade down from like two to like seven or nine. You can maybe gain a day two pick and gain a, a future first next year. And it gives you tons of flexibility as a team. So it's like, as much as I would like a win in the moment, long term, with the, all the losses could do for this team is just unreal, man. I mean, having a first-round pick next year, an extra one, and, you know, if a team trades for a first-round pick, they're probably going to be drafting, you know, a C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, you know, assuming Bryce Young goes one. But that team, you know, rolling with a rookie quarterback, they could be picking in that top five next year. It's kind of similar to what happened with the Bears and Justin Fields and the Giants were able to snag the Tibbet over Evan Neal. I forget yeah. which one was the actual pick. But, man, in a draft class that features Marvin Harrison Jr., who just was one of the first players to win the unanimous All-American and then a guy like maybe like Brock Bowers, like those are just elite level talents that I would love the Bears to have this extra shot at that. And really, I'm just talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, no, uh, you really made a good point there, Snyder, about the Eagles being the most prime example of what trading down and just kind of being a player in the draft in terms of trading your picks and, and acquiring more. I mean, what the Eagles did to move down from I think it was six to twelve. They got a fir- they got a future first, and then they traded Carson Wentz and got another first. So then last year they were able to use one of those firsts to get AJ Brown, which is like ideally what I think like a team like the Bears would want um, to have. Like you said, they could either draft a Marvin Harrison or have that future flexibility to where if an AJ Brown caliber receiver was to come available, like a team didn't want to pay them. You have the assets to do it. You could make a move for that receiver to where it makes more sense for your team when you're still on a have a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract. So um, it just gives you so much more flexibility. And what's even crazier about what the Eagles did is that they are the best team in the NFL record wise. And they have a top five draft pick this year because of what they've done in terms of moving around their picks. Um, So or they'll have a top five pick in 2023. Sorry which is insane. I mean, I feel like that's just the way it goes. You never know how those things are going to shake out. And um, having those assets is, is just a really smart and sharp business, which the bears for as much money they have, they really don't have a whole lot of draft capital. So to take a similar approach uh, would be smart. So what I wanted to talk about too, with you, um, given that we're talking about the Eagles and how they team building, how they team builded. There's a lot of ties between this Bears team and this Eagles team from a front office perspective, from a coaching staff perspective. So you have Matt Eberflus that came from Frank Reich's coaching staff. He was the defensive coordinator, obviously, who's now the head coach of the Bears. And then you have Nick Sirianni, who was the offensive coordinator for Frank Reich's coaching staff um, before he got hired by the Eagles. And then the Bears have assistant general manager Ian Cunningham, who's also from the Eagles. So there's a lot of ties here, um, and it's just cool to see them kind of intertwining, or it will be cool to see them intertwining uh, in in this upcoming game. Yeah, tons and tons of familiarity, man. Like, I like it with the Colts because, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously they had a head coaching change, so maybe we get some of their guys. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of the Eagles guys who are pending free agents, maybe they can come and join the Bears and, you know, reunite with Ian Cunningham. So it, it is really cool to see, and... Again, I just would love to see this Bears team kind of follow the path of the Eagles. No, absolutely. And uh, it's funny that you said, like, Ian Cunningham being able to pull some Eagles players maybe from the Eagles next year in free agency. 
I think it's kind of cool to look at it from this perspective. If the Eagles had any more incentive than obviously furthering their dominant record, any of the free agents that the Eagles uh, that will be free agents next year that the Eagles have, this is a huge showcase for the team with the most cap space in the NFL to show out and and really show off what you can do. Because if the Bears want you, they have the money to sway you. Uh, they can pay you basically whatever they want to. So. Uh, if you want to make some money, man, this is the showcase to do so. Ryan Poles is going to be watching, obviously rooting for the Bears and hoping that they win. But he's going to be eyeing Javon Hargrave. He's going to be eyeing Andre Dillard if you know they start pulling the starters, uh, guys like that to see if they're you know worth giving the bag to. Because if the Bears want you, they can get you. Yeah, even Fletcher Cox, you know, he's a little bit older, but one year little deal, rotation piece, or maybe even the starter, man, like. I can I can see that as well. No, absolutely. Um, but I think the biggest test outside of Justin Fields in this one, which obviously uh, we want to see him build upon that performance he had against the Packers from a passing perspective, where we thought he played really well. Chase Claypool. I mean, you have the bye week now. You have. I feel like the the excuses, not excuses, the reasons of acclimating to the offense and the how slowly that took are kind of disappearing now, given that they just had a bye week to kind of, to really get him uh, involved with this offense and get him comfortable and figure out the best ways to use him. I mean, this is a huge test. He'll be going up against two of the best corners in the NFL this year and James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Yeah, like, I just would love to see, I don't know, I know he's on the injury report. I know Ibrahim was kind of saying he wasn't really up to speed on the playbook, so that's why he kind of, Progressing him a little bit slow, but man, I would just love a ton of deep shots to chase Claypool. Let let him emerge, bro. Like just let this continue to build that connection with Fields. Like I think that is honestly the most important thing to watch for the remainder of the season is Fields establish that connection with Chase Claypool and just see, you know, if Claypool can kind of like impact the game almost similar to like with the 50-50 balls and just like play strength, kind of similar to how AJ Brown did is doing. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears, man, this is where the real mismatch is, in my opinion. Uh, the Bears defense has just been – it's been struggling, man. It's been rough. They've been, had a lot of players with injury. Obviously, uh, they have a lot of you know late-round picks, undrafted guys filling in here. So it's not been a great defensive unit. And man, this Eagles offense is humming on the ground through the air. I mean, they could just really do whatever they want. Senator, if you had to outline like a scenario in which this Bears defense has a, a formidable performance, like an okay one, I mean, like where does that come from against this Eagles offense that is just so diverse and can do so many different things? Well, it's not going to be from the defensive line. I mean, they're, the Eagles' offensive line is going to be able to steer our front seven in any way they want. And left, right, straight back, straight to the ground. Whatever they want to do with them, they're going to be able to do it. And it almost sucks because I still love this Bears secondary with uh, Brisker, Jalen Johnson, and, you know, Gordon, um, you know, seems to be ascending. I, it's like a it's like a fun matchup to watch, and I think to see if they be able to hold their own against like an AJ Brown Smith and then like a deep threat in Watkins, and then we like got Goddard coming back who's nasty in it himself. Like is Richard still gonna be that tight end eraser? Like it's gonna be fun to watch those guys 
it is just extremely frustrating that this defensive line, you know, never getting any pressure. They have to be amongst the lowest in the league of pressures, sacks, pass rush, run away, QB hits, anything like that. And it just makes it really unfair for the secondary because Hurst has shown he's able to play off script. He can leave the pocket and, you know, he clearly has chemistry with his receivers. Like they're able to adjust to the ball and it, it makes the secondary look so much worse than it is. But again, that's going to be like my biggest thing to watch for in this game is how, you know, the guys like Brisker, Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon play. Absolutely. If you, if you look at Jalen Johnson, I think specifically, I mean, who's going to be entering the, the last year of his rookie deal and, and obviously uh, looking for an extension. I mean, this is a huge test for him. Obviously, his job is a lot harder this season, given all the, all the struggles the Bears defensive linemen are having, like you said, Snyder. But, like, what a test. I mean, if you see A.J. Brown most of the year, this is one of the performances that, you know, this regime can hang their hat on if they want to make Jalen Johnson a long-term Bear. So, And then, obviously, with, like, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, like you said, I think more importantly, Kyler Gordon, um, this is also another test in – and hopefully improve on like the things we outlined in last episode, which if you guys haven't listened to it, you definitely should. It was our rookie progress reports episode. Uh, again, this is like top top tier competition that you can uh, can really look at these games and see how these players are performing uh, to take away and feel good about how they're progressing. So um, I'm right there with you, Snyder. Uh, I don't expect it to go well though. This Eagles offense is so good. Yeah, dude, I mean, some people, like, some Bear fans might be able to hype yourself up a little bit. You know, Bears are coming off the bye. You know, Eberflus has familiarity um, with um, Nick Sirianni. But, you know, Nick Sirianni playing against Eberflus and knowing how he prepares his team and how hard they play, he's not going to be looking over this Bears team at all. He, I Very well, he's going to prepare them for, the, for that. And I just, just the talent gap, I just don't see a scenario where – the Bears can hang with this team. I, I, I don't, I don't see it at all, man. I don't see it at all either. Um, but with that being said, Sandra, why don't we jump into our final predictions? Uh, do you have a score prediction in mind? Because it sounds like me and you are going to be going to the same place, and who we think is going to win this game? Yeah, I think the Bears are going to be running the ball a lot. They're going to be killing the clock. I think they're going to be conservative. So. Probably gonna see some like fourth and two field goals, you know, at the in the red zone, and it's gonna be frustrating. I say, yeah, give me like thirty-five to thirteen Eagles. Thirty-five, thirteen. Wow. Uh, I think, I think I'll go. I'll go thirty-one to 17 and that 17 that last touchdown will be like a garbage time touchdown like i think it's going to be a pretty dominant performance from the eagles it, again bright yeah. side. wait what's up center sorry oh my bad i'm saying is that final touchdown gonna be like a commit touchdown where no one's near him he's just wide open and you know it's gonna be that establish himself as that bears touchdown leader uh yeah uh that i i mean i could see it uh I, I'm curious to look at how the Eagles have been doing against tight ends because their linebackers have surprisingly played pretty decently. So maybe, yeah, uh, hopefully it's Claypool. I mean, I totally forgot. We should do our over-under. Uh, I feel like that was getting really repetitive, though, like, like with who the guys we were choosing. Right, right. Um, so maybe we'll bring that back. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm 
I'm curious to see uh, how Claypool, if he's going to be like the focal point of the game plan now, given that they had the bye week. So if anyone I was expecting to score the touchdowns or if I had to bet on, uh, I'd be Chase Claypool for sure. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Tom. But you know, you know how it is, man. It's going to be that combat, continue his stellar season of being an all-pro. Oh, no, don't. Man, uh, I was – I mean, me and Snyder were uh, – I mean, it was more me than Snyder. We're catching some strays on on Twitter uh, about our thoughts about Cole Komet. But uh, Snyder, I want to talk to you just a little bit about where the Bears are currently picking and what kind of needs to happen for the Bears to get to that coveted number two spot in the draft. Uh, because I feel like that's really what fans are waiting for, uh, waiting to to see that final draft order. So right now, the Bears are actually picking number three. They dropped down since they all the teams have caught up on the bye. Um, and the Broncos, which is the Seahawks because they have the Broncos pick, are picking number two. Um, so basically what the Bears need in order to be picking number two, if everything was to kind of stay the same in the teams that we're going to lose, that we thought we're going to lose, um, that happens. We need the Bears to lose out and then the Broncos to win one more game for the remaining four. So, Snyder, what is the likelihood do you think the Bears lose out? Oh, Very likely. I mean, you got the Eagles, you got the Bills, and I believe you have the Lions, and then the Vikings. Now, I I expect a loss against the Eagles and the Bills. Lions are definitely fighting for the playoff spot. Like that, they're going to be taking that game very, very serious on the road in Detroit. I'm actually looking into going into that game. Actually, never been. And the final week of the season against the Vikings scares me because I think the Eagles might run away with that first round bye. Mm-hmm. But let's hope that there's uh, like some, hopefully like the Vikings are playing for the two seed, you know, instead of the three and then the three seed. Hopefully it's like that type of scenario. But again, it, it's very likely and all Bears fans need to be rooting for Russell Wilson. And I know the Rams kind of got some hype. I know the, Broncos and Rams play each other, and I, I just hope Baker Mayfield comes back to himself, and I hope some way that this Broncos team could figure out how to win because they are Seahawks have the number two overall pick, and the Broncos losing out would guarantee the Seahawks a second overall pick. Yeah, unfortunately, that that is the case, but yeah, that that Rams. Uh, what looks like a terrible game on paper, that Rams Broncos game is on Christmas Day. There's so many. There's going to be so many Bears fans tuning into that one uh, if the Bears are still in contention for that pick. Uh, so, yeah, definitely going to keep tabs on that one. But uh, Snyder, is there anything else you want to add to the people before we get out of here? No, man, I'm really looking forward to that Broncos Rams game um, again. Russell, that situation is so bad over there that Russell Wilson really needs to earn the respect of some of his teammates back, man. So he he needs that win. I think it's a very important game for the Broncos and Russell Wilson. And, again, that I'm circling that one on my calendar. We'll be watching it with my entire family on Christmas. And, again, it's very important to the future of the Bears. It, it really is. Um, but I think that's going to be all for us today. Um, these these previews are getting a little harder to do because there's just not much to talk about 
everyone knows kind of what the bear what Bears fans are looking for out of this team, and that's development from the young guys. But the games, I mean, we're really not hoping, we're really not craving for them to be competitive um, outside of like the culture of the team for the culture of the team. So yeah. my thing is, Tyler, like, I just want to see Fields clean up the little things. I'm not saying he's bad or or anything, but you know, there is still room for him to grow as a quarterback. There's chemistry to, for him to continue building with even Komet, obviously Clay Poole. And again, it we're going to, there's a lot to see, man. There is a lot to see, and there's a lot of reasons to tune in and kind of be excited for the young court. Definitely. Well, until so we're back to recap this one, keep it real and bear down. Bear down. You're doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you.